Even that tire almost went into the into the crowd as well. Almost went onto the front straightaway. Elio trying to get sneaky, and then. Laurie Rose, the two-time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. Realizing that oh. Davison had to get to his pit box. Very, very lucky for those crew guys. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Matt is here. We have a special guest, Shannon McBride, joining us. Shannon, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Matthew, how are you? Good. My, I think my goal for the episode is not to say stay in your lane. I think I, I, I just got to get through the whole episode without referencing that at all, even though I've already failed. Uh, Any more time. Failed. Within like six seconds. I, I, uh, yeah. When Mike told me they were coming on, I'm like, yeah, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Here <laughs> and I, I said it. <laughs> also, make so sure good. to stay on the rumble strips, everybody. Just a casual casual weekend note there but we've got we've got a lot going on this week including a double header this weekend and hopefully this is also the last race that i am not at the track for this year so let's dive right into it a quick championship recap now that we are done indy alex polo leads the championship it just still kind of blows my mind scott dixon second pato third Pato is 37 points back. Simon Pagano fourth and Renus VK in fifth. So with that, and I'll turn it over to whoever wants to answer first here. There's one driver if you're looking at the standings. Who's on the hot seat? Personally, I'm going to say Will Power. Oh, okay. I know. I know. It's a hot take, but that's what I'm going with. He hasn't had much results, really, in a long time. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think that I think he might might be it. I don't know. Yeah, that uh, yeah, he's had a couple of rough ones in a row. I think I'm looking at maybe some of the guys that are on Fired Watch. I don't know if we want to make that a thing, but um, I like it. Ed Jones, Max Chilton, kind of float to the top. You know, we mm-hmm. keep talking about Ed Jones and how he's been pretty miserable for uh, a good portion of the season. Max Chilton, I don't know what's going on as far as the sponsorship side. I'm happy he made the Indy 500 field, though. That was cool, but not had the best results pretty much his whole career in IndyCar. And with Gallagher gone, I just don't know if that means the incentive to keeping him at the team is still there. So uh, those are the two I'm kind of keeping my eye on going forward here. All right. Well, I have like an easy – I'm going to go with Felix Rosenquist. The dude – Everybody talks about the fact that he led 10 laps at Indy, but it was because he was so far off strategy that he didn't have a chance. Like, that was his only chance to do anything. And an honorable mention, and it pains me to do this, an honorable mention is Alex Rossi, who is in the championship standings behind somebody who's only raced one time this year. And I know it's because Elio won. But and and listen, the dudes had bad luck. But it's been a season and a half, season and a quarter ish now of just like not good results. He's got to turn it around because at some point Andretti is going to be like, "Hey, we've got this young guy waiting in the wings and Kyle Kirkwood or somebody else in Indy Lights, and maybe it's time to send you somewhere else." So that you would send me. I was say you would send Rossi over Hunter Ray or Hinch. Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm getting? 
Oh, okay. That's a fair point. That's yeah. Okay. Well, I was just about to ask, like, what was your definition of hot seat? Because I, yeah, I mean, he's struggling compared to his standards, but I, I would be shocked if he got fired. Listen, Felix is on fired watch. Alex is on needs to turn it around watch. So like, you know, different levels on the spectrum and listen, I love Alex. I, he's one of my favorite people to interview always, always gives everybody, you know, time to talk and, and gives good answers. But yeah, I mean, Felix is definitely on, on fired watch. I, I, I would say that, but kind of on the, the same note there where we might have some fired drivers or drivers contracts expiring at the end of this year, who should a team like Andretti or Penske or Ganassi look at to fill out those extra seats that they might have become available at some point? Does anything, anybody think Oliver Askey is going to come back? Because I would really love to see him come back with someone. Well, I was about to ask you all that because we've talked about Marco last year and now Hinch this year, and it seems like there's something maybe wrong with that entry. Do we think there is something wrong with the number seven entry based on what Mike just said? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> So you think Pato is just like a god and everybody who takes that second McLaren seat is just kind of garbage? I, I think if you put... Listen, Juan Montoya put that third entry, finished seventh overall, so I think they're capable of having two good cars. Who was the second driver at McLaren last year? Why am I blanking on it right Ask now? You. <laughs> Ask, Ask you. you. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's go All ahead right. and ask you again. Um, so... Uh, we're going to pretend that didn't happen. It's been a really long day. Um, to answer your question, though, I think with Askew's affiliation with Andretti, I can only see that having a positive outcome. I just yeah. um, I just hope it's not the Saavedra route of like going back to Indy Lights first, because that would be quite shocking. Um, but yeah, I, would, I was hoping he would get the sixth seat this year at the Indy 500. No disrespect to Stefan, because I love Stefan. But, um, you know, just based on the affiliation they had, I'm like, oh, maybe he might, you know, jump into an Andretti car for an E500. And it didn't happen. So maybe next year. We'll see. Does yeah. anybody think Ryan Hunter Ray is going to retire? I mean, at some point, you've got a bajillion kids. You're not winning. You're just putting yourself at risk every time you get in the car. What is the point? I mean, I know I the race car drivers, and I know they like to do it. But... At what point do you like, okay, you know, maybe just put me on as a driver coach? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have bet 20 bucks last year, which to Mike is like, um, like four grand uh, <laughs> last year that Hunter Ray would have retired. But uh, we we were kind of championing that all year and it, it just didn't happen. So we kind of looked a little dumb on that one. I wonder if it happened kind of thinking out loud here. Maybe they just asked him, listen, can you just do one more year? We've got, you know, a stable of Indy Lights drivers that are are maybe ready. And, you know, Kirkwood looks pretty good so far in Indy Lights. Obviously, there's 16 races to go in that season as well, so plenty of time. But maybe they asked him to come back just for one more year to kind of be a placeholder or the next young driver, whether it be Askew or Kirkwood, et cetera, et cetera. So you think DHL is fine with just being a placeholder? I mean, they're they're a pretty loyal company. 
So yeah. I'm just spitballing here. You mean these aren't facts? <laughs> no, this is not. This is not facts. I'm, I am. I am trying to stay in my lane. Oh, oh no! Oh. There it is. There it is right. again. Come on, guys. come on. Uh, well, at least he said he's trying to stay in his lane, so we're not putting anybody down sure. here. Um, sure. Yeah, I guess. So to go back to the other question, I think if you, I mean. We can, we can ask about Simon Pagano here in a second and if he's staying or if he's going. But I think if a seat opens up at like a Ganassi with Ericsson, maybe, or Andretti insert driver here who is retiring or whatnot, I, I don't think Penske's going to have any openings, if I'm being honest. But Renus VK seems like the most obvious kind of hot commodity at the moment. And he's got this kind of New Garden, Ed Carpenter tra type trajectory going right now. Uh, it's got a lot of positives going and uh, may or may not have funding behind the scenes. We're still kind of confused on if Jumbo is, is there or not. But uh, yeah, I think given his results and his you know maturation so far, I think he's looking really good. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd be sad for Ed Carpenter racing because, well, maybe, maybe Connor could get a full season then, but I don't know. I would be worried that Ed Carpenter would slip back to like the Carpenter of last few years and not the Ed Carpenter of this year. I really like him having good talent on his team and it seems that VK and Connor together seem to work well together. I mean, they've been fairly successful without really bad luck from Connor. Yes. Agreed. So I hate that they that it seems like ECR is a stepping stone cuz I feel like they could be a good team if they if people just committed to it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think Newgarden really, I mean, I, I, I remember talking to someone within the team at Ed Carpenter Racing and Joseph and Ed are still like really close to this day. So I'm assuming it, it hurts Ed to see Joseph go off and, and win two championships and whatnot. So I uh, wonder if the same will be said for, for Connor. Because if, if, I feel like Connor's pretty happy. I know the results may not be there as much, but I feel like Connor finds himself in a pretty good situation with the boss he actually likes. So Hopefully that's okay. hopefully that's something that he keeps in mind if if an offer like Carlin's second seat full time comes around and Connor's like ah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I'll jump uh, jump. I wouldn't do anything with Carlin at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Carlin should be like a like an Alfa Romeo in F one world or like a Williams like a. They should be stepping stone because they are just in over their yeah. heads right now. Yeah. Like a team that's not in over its head coming off of a Indy 500 victory in Meyer Shank Racing. Elio's plan, according to the, the team, is they are going to stick with six races, as you guys might have heard last week when I was on the media roundtable with Shank and Elio, but... I don't know what you guys think, but I'm going to I'm going to go first on this one. I love the fact that they're like, listen, this is our plan. We're sticking to it. We're not changing our plan. We did one race. Then we did five or six races. Then we did 10 races. Now we're doing full seasons. Elio's plan was six races. And we're going to you know, evaluate next year from there. And maybe something pops up later this year, but probably not. I love the fact that they're not willing to just get him in a car to get him in a car he's going to do his six races and be and be relatively successful and have a good he probably finish ahead of 
of some guys in the points even only doing six races, but I really like their their plan of attack. I don't know what you guys think. I agree with you. I, I feel like if just because, not just because, I mean, winning the 500 is a deal, but you don't want to go out and overextend yourself for the rest of the season just because you won the 500. It makes sense to stick to the game plan that you made for the year and, like you said, reevaluate. That seems the smartest bet for all involved. Yeah, I mean, my normal black and white brain sees what you guys are saying, and I, I can't necessarily disagree with what you guys are saying. I just don't think winning the Indy 500 was in the cards. Um, and so when you get this influx of money and, you know, I, I don't think it's something necessarily to worry about, but you never know. Elio could be right back into the silly season frame and I wouldn't want Shank to lose him because it seems like they have a good thing going. So for me, I would try to incentivize as much as possible for Elio to say, which means, you know, taking some of that budget or asking Jim Meyer for more money and more free series for everyone on the side of the car and, uh, just put him in some, for some more races. So I was kind of – I would disagree with with the notion of just sticking with what we got because we decided so six months ago. And I think, you know, now with the increased budget that they probably have and the marketability with Elio and whatnot for the potential to sell a lot of merchandise and whatnot, I think diverting from that plan and increasing his schedule was, I think, the better move in my opinion. But if you – overspend like if you so you've you've obviously you know you've gotten some nice prize money the team got some nice prize money that they can bank and use for future seasons or you know next you know they have a jump on next season or do you spend that money now and possibly not have it available for next season i don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong answer i'm just kind of playing devil's advocate yeah and i'd say one of the things they also have to do is kind of take a step back and look at the number 60 car and I think that plan has worked really well. So it's it's that they have this blueprint that has worked. There's the fixed schedule thing. But at the same time, the 60 car has worked really well. So to me as an owner, that would give me a lot of confidence. Like, oh, okay, well, I feel like we kind of know what we're doing here. And if we get a guy who's been racing since an IndyCar since 1997, you know, he's going to he's gonna do his best to take care of the equipment. I mean, he's not a guy who gets into too many big crashes and, um, you know, obviously he's, oh, he's, uh, prone to the odd mistake here and there, but, um, I would still say, yeah, I mean, even if it is risky to kind of go full send now, I think, you know, time short, got to make the most of it. And you don't want to be the guys who squander an opportunity just because again, you decided so in December or January of last year. Yeah, fair enough. Does any of that have to do with Elio's SRX schedule, though? I mean, can, I, I, don't, I don't really know about that, but, like, how hard is it to, for him to get out of that commitment to jump into an IndyCar commitment? Tony Stewart. They, they Tony Stewart blackballs him. him. <laughs> Tony, Tony Stewart is pulling the strings behind the scenes here. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be sad. So, we since, since we're talking about Elio, I'll jump into the next bit here which is the brake issue that we all saw at Indy that Matt and I were kind of surmising what it could have been last week and definitely didn't get it correct, but it was 
pretty much down to the teams. It wasn't actually the break's fault. It wasn't an issue. Long story short, and I don't know how much we have to really discuss about this, but there is a little mechanism on the brakes of the car that are called pullback springs that kind of pull the brake pads away for aerodynamic reasons. The teams can set the width between the brake pad and the brake caliber, and it looks like some teams just left a little too much space in there, and that's what caused the issue, because we noticed most of the cars, you know, we had a couple Andretti's and a couple Penske's that seemed to be the biggest culprits. Uh, Marshall Pruitt talked to somebody who said there was probably tons of guys who had the same issue, but kind of good to know that it wasn't like PFC breaks fault that it's just a, a team issue that can be, I don't know if easily corrected is the right word, but correctable. Yeah. And then, yeah, we kind of said that it wasn't really a driver issue last week on our episode. So I guess my question to you guys would be, does IndyCar need to put something in the rule book saying it needs to be this and this and this so that we can not see these again next year? Or do you guys happy with, it being the team's decision and then pushing the limits to the, the fullest. Part of me says is let it make a team decision. You know what could happen. You know the consequences if it goes wrong, right? So if you want to take that chance, then go for it. But don't be angry when it turns out poorly. <laughs> yeah, we. I think this is something that need to be over policed. You know, the consequences, you saw the consequences this year, <coughs> whether there it be, you know, Stefan Wilson's day ending, Simona's day ending, or, you know, Scott Glocklin and Hunter Ray having the hit speeding penalties. So, you know, the risk, I don't think, you know, there were, I don't think there was any like safety issues where somebody could have been seriously injured. I guess maybe somebody on pit lane who was out changing a tire, but, I think maybe if, at Indy that then requires a stiffer penalty, but I think you should just leave it. I think this is something to leave open. Now, I know Shannon's not old, but you just had a birthday, and this is not an old's opinion that I've seen on Facebook. The olds say that we should mandate things. And so you're, so you're against the olds on this one is what you're saying. Yeah, the Facebook crowd needs to quiet down. Okay. I agree with you guys. It's it you know what you're doing. And I I guess I just feel bad for the drivers because they can't really do anything about it. You know, if the team pushes the limit, I guess the driver has to have that in the back of their head, but they're still gonna want to push hundred percent. So when you are Stefan Wilson on your first stint of your Indy five hundred return and you crash, kinda sucks, but um I guess it makes for an interesting debrief, we'll say. Did they did they say that that was what happened to Justin Jesus. to Stefan because he said that wasn't the case. He said that the, the break issues that the rest of the teams were having was not what happened with him. No, I do wrong. But yeah, that was why he said like a day or two after, after the race. Yeah, I think Mike's looking up right now. I just know, I don't know specifically if he's mentioned that. All I know is he's been adamant in saying that it wasn't really his fault because he was responding to some haters online saying, you know, okay. hey, how hard is it to slow down? And he's like, you know what? You're done. So, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know if he came out with a technical so reason. 
that he comes out and is like, you do it then. Yeah, yeah. You think you, you can win? Are better than me? Go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite. The Mark Report article, while having a picture of Stefan Wilson at the top, does not specifically mention Steph. Oh, does here it is. It's, it, it sounds like Stefan's problem was the same as, as these other ones. So yes, yeah, not driver issue, but it's hard to hard to say based on reading this yeah. one single article. I just thought I saw him post on on Insta that obviously that wasn't his fault, but that the, the issues they had weren't the same issues that the other teams had. But again, I could be wrong, and I don't know. I mean, that could definitely be the case. Probably something. If we can get Stefan on, we'll ask him again. Okay, so up next, the probably strangest thing about the Indy 500 with not having Monaco in the morning, although this is not always, this is not a, you know, 40-year tradition or anything like that. It's not always been run on the same day for the last seven, eight years it has. And now Formula One management, Ross Braun, has kind of said, listen, maybe we're open to keeping these races on separate days so that there isn't a clash. So if a driver wants to come over and do the Indy 500, that he can. So, ladies and gentlemen, what do we think? I mean, there's a difference in saying we'll keep that weekend open so that they can come over and run the race versus I'll keep the entire month of May open because that's how long we're going to have to be over here. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Right. Yeah, so I, can, that's good PR. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move this race so they can come and do it. But that's not committing to, and it's at, at the very least three weeks for them to be here. Yeah. I mean, they would have to do some extensive testing probably before May to make it work because they're, if, if it was like it was this year, they'd maybe be able to do Tuesday, Wednesday, and then have to fly back and do Monaco and have someone else qualify their car for them, which means they would start dead last if that entry made the field. So I totally see what you're saying, and it's it's like logistically impossible. I'm just amazed we're in a time where 
Formula One is actually like willing to cooperate and say like, yeah, we can try to make it work. I mean, I don't think it will, but you know, we're willing to not have the Monaco Grand Prix on the same weekend as Indy 500. And oh, I don't think we gave them a shout out, but shout out to Sky Sports. I think they did a great job of covering the, the event for the British crowd and their Twitter account has a huge following of very devoted race fans. And I saw a lot of engagement from their Twitter account. So I think not having Monaco on the same day really helped, you know, give fans something to look forward to. So I still see it as overall positive, even if we don't see any takers. We might we might see someone do what Alonzo did and just like, oh, we'll have our reserve driver run Monaco. Because if, if we're being honest, if you're not like this year, if you weren't Red Bull, Mercedes, and kind of like Leclerc got pole, and but nobody was expecting that. You know, if you're Giovinazzi, why not? Why not try it? I mean, what are you going to finish 15th Monaco? Like, what do you got to lose? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go for it. I'd love to see them. I I would love to be able to see those guys come over here and give it a shot. I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah, I and just, maybe we'd get Drive to Survive to uh, come overseas, and, and oh. then we could be on Netflix. Yes, please. I mean, who do, who, who do I got to talk to? <laughs> I to do something. I don't understand. Yeah, listen, Shannon's more important than both of us. We need to get her on that. <laughs> so. I like it. Uh, first off, like Matt said, the Sky Sports coverage was pretty cool. I watched some YouTube highlights just to check it out, and Lando Norris did a, a good job cover, you know, commentating despite being, I don't know, 20 years old or something like that. And so it was cool to see him do something like that and open up maybe eyes to IndyCar that, that, that follow him. So really like it i don't know if it'll happen anytime soon but i i certainly hope so it, it, it would be cool to follow a formula one driver and see how they do in a car that's more difficult to drive than the first time alonzo attempted to enter the indy 500 but i'm i think overall this is a good thing it's i mean if this bernie ecclestone was still in charge trust me we would not be having this conversation <laughs> He, no. he would be asking if it rains on ovals, what do you do? Yeah, he's yeah, he's not over 1993 quite yet. Yeah. No. Also known when you were uh, 20 years old, Mike. Thank you. I do appreciate <laughs> the fact that last week on my birthday, you got multiple people to text me and say happy 40th birthday. So, You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, I, Shannon's shaking her head like, stop calling yourself old. Right, because I actually am old. <laughs> Jerk. No, I only call Mike old. Even like even when Jess was here, Jess was older than Mike, and I still call Mike old and Jess young. It's just just it's just my hatred of Mike coming out of me, I guess. Oh, that's all right. You just you just accept it and like you you live with it, and maybe I'll have to find a way to prank Matt back at Road America since all, we will all be there. Yes, you need to bring blue cheese. I need to bring blue cheese. You lost the bet. You should buy it. Oh, what if I just Venmo you for it? I don't think I could bring blue cheese on a plane, though. That might be oh, a little... You have an Airbnb. You can drive and get one. Or ask, the, ask your Airbnb owner to leave some for you. I still have to book an Airbnb, by the way. I have oh not gotten that part. This is such a micro... You got like a week I know. Half. You're probably all sold. They're either going to be like $8,000 like my one in Chicago was, or they're going to be sold out. 
No, I there's there's a surprising amount that is still available at a reasonable cost. When I looked earlier today, I got time, guys. I usually don't book hotels till like I'm like about to fly somewhere. So I, I'll find a hotel. Nashville in March. <laughs> I know my whole summer schedule is booked for the whole, like I we yeah we are massive pre planners in this family. So I don't have a free weekend until like August. My my weekends are planned. Just I don't know if I'm traveling, so like it's like half planned right now. So cut me a little bit of slack here. All right. Well, me and Shannon think alike, so that's good. Okay. That makes me feel Fine. better about myself. So <laughs> speaking of fun people, Santino Ferrucci. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> that was a fantastic segue, Mike. Good job. Good work. Um. Although not all of people would consider him fun if you listen to Alex Rossi's podcast. They are not fond of Fantino Ferrucci. But he is back this weekend with Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan in Detroit for both races, running the Hy-Vee Cheetos car. So before we get to the actual like weekend, we have a fan question from Christian Denevsky, who wants to know which Santino car is better, the Cheetos or Mountain Dew? And when do we get the almighty... Flamin' Hot Cheetos and Mountain Dew car. I hope never, because that would be a total mess. That sounds but like a which, graphical disaster. <laughs> which livery is better? I really liked the Mountain Dew one. I didn't hate it at all. <laughs> I hit the I hit the wrong button. Did you Where's hit the pause button? button? Yeah. Uh, I don't no, know. Where my not anymore. Anymore. No, no, it's not out there. Yeah, as I described in my YouTube video, I had the Mountain Dew car looked like a red car yacked in the back. Uh, the Cheetos car looks a little better. I think it's it's getting there. Um, I'm just happy High Visa board. They're giving me uh, major Target vibes with kind of their cross promotion because Target did that forever. So uh, that's really cool. I always like, you know, established teams fielding an extra entry every now and then. And I think Santino, something worked well with the team. I mean, I know he had his crash, but he recovered really well for qualifying in the race. So hopefully this uh, partnership continues to blossom and they can they can get more entries here soon. Yeah, the one thing I found interesting, and shout out to our buddy George who sent me this. A driver was entered for multiple races in Ferrucci's Xfinity Series car a handful of times this year. So maybe his schedule's opening up a little bit more now. So obviously all just speculation, but good signs if you're a Ferrucci fan. Bad sign if you're Connor Daly. (laughs) I enjoy the drama that Ferrucci brings. Yes. I, I, I enjoy. I think we need that. Um, I don't enjoy the danger that he brings, <laughs> but I guess you have to take the good with the bad and hope that he doesn't do anything stupid. Yeah, and this is where he actually made his IndyCar debut in 2018. Back when I think <clears throat> that's the first time I've seen the no, the second time I saw him, the IndyCar community cancel him. So, um, <laughs> but he's still going. I, he must be doing something right because he's he's keeps getting these opportunities. So, 
Well, since we're dealing when we talk about Frucci, let's uh, go ahead and roll into our Detroit preview. So two races this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I am going to assume that Mike is Googling the times right now because I am never on top of that. The two races we had in 2019, also the last time I saw it was Mike, I think. Or was it? No, Iowa. Was it Iowa? Yeah, Iowa. Iowa, which isn't even on schedule anymore. So, God, we're old. Um the podium from race one was Justin Newgarden, Alexander Rossi, and Takuma Sato. And the podium from race two had a completely new podium of Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, and Will Power. And if you guys remember back to that podium, you saw us on TV. So that was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fans have access to the paddock this weekend. I know that was announced a couple weeks ago. And then I believe I saw on Twitter today that there is no mask mandate either for the paddock so if you are wanting to wear a mask you're more than welcome to but you are not required to wear a mask if you do not want to so getting the sense getting a little bit of the feel kind of like we talked about with the 40 percent capacity last week which just didn't look actually 40 percent at all <laughs> starting to get like a little bit of a normal feel quote unquote to to life and society again so that's cool. So I just uh, going to turn it over to you guys for any general thoughts about Detroit. If you like the track, if you don't like the track, if you think we're in for a good race, um, we have our predictions coming up next. So we'll get some get some predictions on paper here. But just any general thoughts about Belle Isle you guys have, and if you're what you're looking forward to, what you think of the track, anything like that. I do like Belle Isle. It's not my favorite double header though. I think I would enjoy it a lot more as just a one track or one race track, but um, I really am really, really, really wanting Jack Harvey to do something well. I just, I just want that for him. He's a good man. It's a good team. That would be fantastic for them to go in and win the next race with their second driver. That's a hell of a story. Yeah, I, uh, I agree real quick. Saturday's race. 2 p.m. on NBC qualifying is that like two groups instead of normal fast six qualifying, which is 11 a.m. on NBCSN or Peacock. And Sunday's race is at 12.50 on NBC. There's also 80 lights this weekend as well, so plenty of... Is that a weird people time zone or normal people time zone? Uh, this is um, normal people time zone. Excuse you? Yeah. Listen, you're outnumbered two against one in the time zone battle here right now. Yeah, and actually we determined in our racing league last night that I'm the only person in central time. <laughs> Which kind of blows my mind, but... Yeah, because you guys have like 20 people in that league, so... Yeah, we're up to 23 now, and I'm still the only central time zone. Actually, Keith, I think, the, Keith is joining our league. I think he's California. So yeah, yeah, but I'm still California. still the only central time zone guy, though. But at least I'm not. At least I have someone else who's not in the eastern time zone in the league now. Well, it looks like the weather is going to be pretty good this weekend. I do kind of like when these street circuits uh, have a little bit of weather unpredictability, mix things up a little bit. I, I know. I know. No. Well, listen, you're not going to be there, so it's not going to rain. Any, anytime you go to a track, there's bad weather. <laughs> yeah, I hope they have the storm shelters ready for Road America. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I'm I think... a rain coat. Oh, yeah. I think rain on a street course is 
Oh, well, sorry. Let me rephrase that. I think rain on an IndyCar street course is a recipe for a not fun race sometimes. Like sometimes it's just kind of tedious spins, cautions after cautions, yellow breed yellow kind of thing. Um, but it does make for a good Marco lap. Oh, he's not there. Oh. Yeah, so sad. And I'll, I'll pose this question before we get into our predictions as the first prediction, I guess. Are we going to see a Penske win for the first time this year? Uh -oh. I don't see it's in either either case right now. I say no. I, I was know. gonna I was gonna say no too. Well, I don't always like agreeing with everybody, <laughs> but I I got nothing. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say no. I I, I don't Detroit typically and I know New Garden won a couple of years ago. Actually I think that's when Matt, he, he won one of the races that, that you and I were covering, but that was largely a Tim Sindrick strategy call that, that got that win. So I don't I don't know. I'm gonna go probably not. All right. Well let's go dive into our predictions. We will uh Shannon, we will recap these on the next episode after Detroit. So if you wanna come re-listen and laugh at Mike and I for failing, you're more than welcome to. So, uh, Shan, we'll start off with you as a guest of honor. I know you had All said right. Zach Harvey, so do you want to go... stick with that or do you want to say someone else? No, I'm going to go. Are we doing both races? Yeah, so combined. So who's going to have like a good weekend, basically? All right, I'm going Jack Harvey for one race. And I feel like Scott Dixon needs a redemption from Indy. Host? Let's go with Alex Polo. Ooh. Safe. <laughs> I, would, I am going to say, I don't really have my uh, answer queued up here. I think uh, Colton of the Americas is going to have a good weekend. Good choice. All right. Flip side for the whole weekend, Shannon, who is going to have a bad weekend for one reason or another? Um, I'm going to go with, and this pains me to no end, just so you know, Alexander Rossi. <laughs> oh, better watch out. He might I get know. fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I'm not, I'm not all responsible for that. <laughs> Mike. It pains me. I don't want it to happen. So I'm thinking, like, maybe if I say it, then it'll be the exact opposite. There you go. That's, that's usually what happens for me. I'm sorry. That okay, sounds so like Mike. So when you, you, pick Angela, you pick Rossi for me. <laughs> I can't do that. You already picked it. You're correct. Uh, uh, I'm going to take, take Ed Jones here. And do you want to tell the fine folks at home why you're taking Ed Jones? Because he's been invisible most of the year. He's the Mr. In what did I call him last week? The Invisible Man? I forget already. I have a couple friends who really want me to watch that movie, and I still have yet to take the time and sit down and watch The Invisible Man. It's decent. Every time they've had a couple beers, like, we watch an Invisible Man tonight? I'm like, no, Tyler, we're not. <laughs> uh, anyways, I digress. I think... Uh, I don't know. 
I'm going to take a hot take here. I'm going to say that Renus is not going to have the best weekend, even though I think he has been prodigiously strong this year. I just think he may, for one reason or another, not have a best weekend for, for himself. And then, finally, so maybe someone who's not in championship contention will say, who do we maybe see sneaking into the top 10 that would surprise some people this weekend? Finishing in the top 10? Yeah. I don't know if it would be a surprise, but I'd like to see Graham do well. Good pick. I will take Connor Daly. He's usually pretty good at – he had a podium at Detroit, I think, the last time he was there a couple of years ago. So maybe he found – and that was in a Dale Coin car when Coin was kind of slow most of that year. So, yeah. I'm going to do something I'll probably regret and say Hinch. I, uh, my, that one, yeah, I can already see that going going south for me. But, hey, if it works, I'm going to dunk all over Mike. So, yeah. You know, it's annoying, and I'm sure I'll say this when we record F1, but my predictions week in and week out are terrible. Yet in Fantasy IndyCar, I'm tied for first in, in the league. And in the Formula One Fantasy League I'm in, I am first overall yet i can't make a damn prediction to save my life when it comes to recording it's like a crack under pressure that's just my end of show rant yeah i guess uh yeah we're getting f1 next and I, i'm i've been preparing uh, yeah, you're about, to, you're about to dunk, yeah. dunk real hard on me i know yeah i know it's gonna be great anyway before we wrap things up indy lights race one is noon on Saturday on Peacock. Indy Light Race 2 is 10.20 a.m. on Peacock on Sunday. So tune in, watch everything. We'll be back next week to record. Shannon, thanks for joining. Where can everybody you follow you on Twitter or whatever social media you use the most? I'm IndyCardChick.com. IndyCardChick on Twitter. Now she's going to have, she's gonna have her own me. website in the next week now. Hey, people have been asking me if I want to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> I, I don't know. If I do, I'm naming it Daniely. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to be funny. Hey, thanks so much for joining. It's been, it's been a great time. Hey, you thanks on. for having me, guys. Have a yeah, good one. Yeah, no problem. You too. Today's podcast was presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. If you're a podcaster, you can apply too immediately and get connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Go to podgo.co at podgo.co and let them know that we sent you there. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs>